Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Hey, wasn't that great? We're so grateful that City Collective just uh, collaborating with us this morning and uh, they're already gone to hear from Pastor Jason. That's the, I think that's what's happening. Uh, Horizon family, uh, give a shout out in the, in the, in the chat to Jason and Adriana and the City Collective team. So grateful for them and wonderful to do life together churches in different spaces, but working together. We're not in competition. We're collaborating together. We're on the same team, whatever the name, any church that names the name of Jesus in our city, in our region is on our team. All right. That's who it is. That's Jesus is the name that goes over above every name, above Horizon, above City Collective and any of that. And I know that's Jason and Adriana's heart as well. So wonderful. Um, but wasn't it a great week, uh, those, uh, this past week? Easter, obviously, uh, we had a lot going on from Good Friday services to Zoom calls to, uh, something for the kids to an Easter morning sunrise service at Crescent Re- Crescent Reach, Crescent Beach. Uh, and there were, I know there was a lot of you that were there, baptisms that happened and then our online service and just so many ways that we got to celebrate the goodness of God that Jesus died, buried and rose again to set us free and to move us into the abundant life that he has for us. And it's so uh, wonderful that sometimes people only come once a year on Christmas or maybe twice a year on Easter, and we lose the perspective sometime of what's next. Easter was never meant to just be a moment in history. It was meant to affect your destiny. It was meant to affect every area of your life, not just a one-time thing. So what's next after Easter? It's so important how we answer that question. I thought of it this way. You know, when you graduate from uh, high school or university, uh, the question should not be what, or should be what's next. You don't just keep going back every week and having graduation again. The point is that you start, you end something and start something. And a marriage is like that. When you have a, a marriage ceremony, it's not like, wow, I got married. And then you move on with life. It's what's next after getting married. It's not just every week we come back and we get married again and we get married again. We get married again. No, it's meant to be two lives coming together that their, their whole lives are are impacted and changed because of that moment. And I don't know if you've ever started a new job. The first day, it's like they welcome you in and they might take you to lunch and show you your office and, 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 and get moving on and doing things. And, and it's that first day, but it's never meant to be, well, I got hired at this place and, and I go back every day and I just sit there. No, it's meant to be the beginning of something. What's next? And when, when Jesus comes into your life and to, and into my life, it's not meant to just be one moment. It's meant to answer the question, what's next? What's next for my life? What's next for my business? What's next for my future? What difference does it make that the God of the Bible came from heaven, lived life as a man, died, buried, and rose again? What difference does that make? What's, what's next for you in this season? You know, when we come to Jesus and we sometimes think it's just about forgiveness of sin. And if, and if, if that's all it is, we're grateful for that. But it's never meant to just be that moment. It's meant to be a moment that changed the moments of your life. 
But what's next? Is it just wait for heaven? Is it just to make sure we don't sin too much, a little less than our neighbor? Is it to be just a good moral person? Because whether you came to Jesus today in worship and surrendered your life to him, or you've known him for 40 years, how you answer that question of what's next is incredibly important. Not just one moment 40 years ago or 20 years ago or last week, but what's next for the story of my life? What's next? And over the last year or so, it's been hard to see what's next. With all the changes that we've had to deal with and the irritation and the frustration and the devastation and the anger and, and all the changes and the grief. And, and it's been hard to see what's next because we've just been living right where there and trying to get by. And we sometimes can lose sight of what's next, of the bigger picture of what God still wants to do in and through your life. What's next? It's easy to just settle into getting by and surviving and making it through the week and living for the weekend and living for the next Netflix series that might come out or ignoring the struggles in your marriage and just kind of skating by because it's too hard to deal with. What's next? It's tempting in a world gone crazy to just put your head down and try and not get involved too much and ignore what's happening in the world with all the hatred and the division and the cancel and the increasing wickedness of our culture and just say, I, I don't want to know what's going on. Maybe I'll just get a good education. I'll get a good job. I'll, I'll keep my, I'll mind my own business. Uh, maybe I'll get married and find a spouse, buy a house, retire and die. What's next? So easy to slide into a holding pattern in life. In fact, I think we tend towards that at the best of times, to comfort, to ease, to just settling in. But in particular in this last season, and our lives can just drift along like a cork on the waves. We move around, but we don't go anywhere, any direction. A lot of movement with no direction. But Jesus did not go to the cross just for our salvation. He went to the cross for much, much more than that. He didn't just go to the cross so you can have just a little better life and then just be a little kinder. There's more than that. There's more than just surviving through a week. There's more than just a good job. There's more than just a Netflix binge. There's more than just another pickleball game. There's more than just a, another series. There's more than just drifting or there's more than just living to make a little bit more money. Because how you answer the question of what's next really, really is so important. And our scripture this morning that is going to kind of guide the next four weeks of this series of what's next out of Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish or they live carelessly. Another translation or a, a paraphrase, the message says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Look at that. When you can't see what God's doing right now, if we stumble all over ourselves. We're stumbling in our marriages. We're stumbling in our relationships. We're stumbling emotionally. We're stumbling not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to move forward. And we're just lost our perspective. But 
If you're a Christ follower, when you attend to, when you follow what he reveals for you in your life, then suddenly your life begins to open up in a brand new way. And the question of what's next begins to be revealed as you come into this place of not a method, not a strategy, but following the person of Jesus. The way of life of Jesus. Psalm 16 and 11, the psalmist wrote this, you will show me the way of life. God will show us the way of life in the middle of a pandemic, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you evermore. God has the way of life for you. It's different than for me. It's different than your spouse. It's different than the person you work with. God has a way of life for you. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the strength. Jesus is the change agent. Jesus is the one who transforms you. And he goes on to say that he, he, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says this, I have come that you may, there's that word again, have life and have it to the full. The enemy of your soul wants to steal your purpose, wants to disrupt your vision so that you don't see what's next and you just start living in a moment, living for today, living to get through. He wants to distract you, discourage you, derail you in whatever way he can. But if you're distracted this morning, more Jesus. If you're discouraged this morning, more Jesus. If you're disillusioned right now, more Jesus. He is the one who leads the way forward for your life, for the best life that you were created for, a life that's more than just existing, a life that's more than just a salvation moment, a moment that changes every moment of your life, changes every space of your life, not just salvation, but as Pastor Daniel talked about a couple weeks ago, transformation. That's what Jesus is about. He's about transformation of you, your family, your workplace, our city, our nation. And when we say, God, do it again. Do something in our life. Help us to move a little closer to you because our nation needs you. Our city needs you. Our families need you. People that are far from you need you. People that go to sleep at night not knowing if they're going to wake up in the morning and what, what it will be. We need you, Jesus. The way of life. But what's next? What's God's vision for you? What's God's vision for your career? What's God's vision for your family? What's next? And we might start to say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I, could, I know I should do this and I do that. But everything in your life starts with God. He's the originator. He's the dream maker. He's the dream giver. He's the, the one who enables you, graces you, empowers you. It's not about how strong you are. It's about how strong he is. In Exodus chapter 6 and 6 to 7, it's one of the Old Testament books, and it was written to the people of God as they were coming out of captivity. They had been in captivity for 430 years, and, and, and they thought maybe that it was just about getting out of captivity but here, God speaks to Moses and to the people of God and lays the pattern for how he deals in our life. It's not just in a moment. It doesn't just stop with salvation. But what's next? Look at what we read here. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptian. In other words, I'm going to bring you out from, from that slavery. I'm going to bring you out of captivity. I will free you from being slaves. I will redeem you and I will take you as my own. God 
leads us. First of all, he wants us to know him, but he doesn't stop there. It's not just a moment. It's just It's just the beginning. It's just the very start. And there's so much more. One step at a time, God begins to lead you forward. Little by little, he begins to change your thinking. Day by day, he begins to transform you from the inside out. And first you begin to know him. What's next? Then he's freeing you from the power of sin. He's freeing you from the devastation of your past. And he begins to work in you and transform you. And the pain that once debilitated you, suddenly it's broken power. The power of it's broken in your life. And God begins to free you from the rejection, free you from your small thinking, free you from your victim mentality. And God begins to move you forward. First, you come to know him. Then he begins to free you. And then he begins to reveal to you your purpose. He's redeeming you. Redeeming simply means this. It means that you take something that was stolen or lost and you buy it back and you repurpose it for what it was always intended to be. And that's what God did. He died in the person of Jesus and buried and rose again so that he can redeem you from out of everything that your life has been about right now. And instead of your life uh, uh, trying to bend God around our life, suddenly we start to bend our life around God. And suddenly the purpose of God begins to be revealed. And what is that purpose? It's it's not a job or a, or, or a vocation necessarily, it starts then moves into this, that you, um, I will be your God. I will take you and you will be my people. In other words, you're called to make a difference. Every one of us, God started in you in a moment and he's bringing you day by day, step by step through a process of healing, revealing his purpose for you so that you and I can be ones that make a difference. And in our world today, we need people that have a revelation of how much God can use them, how much God has called them to not be just another voice of of division and hatred and conspiracy, but be a voice that sings out a song of hope that lives out a life of kindness that lives out a life that says God is for me and who can be against me that looks at their neighbor and says there's hope for you that God did it for me and he can do it for you step by step little by little God begins to lead us in his way and he brings us to this place that my purpose in life is to make a difference my purpose in life is to make a difference that I've been healed so I can be one that brings healing, that I've been restored so I can be a restorer of streets, that I've been brought out of slavery so I can bring up other people out of slavery, that God has restored hope to me so I can restore hope to someone else, that I've been redeemed so I can be part of someone else's redemption story. And this story is that suddenly not just about me, it's about me finding my space in the story of what God is doing, that God wants to use me and do do beyond what I could ever do in myself and bring me into his story and be a part of something great in the world. In the middle of a pandemic, my purpose is still to make a difference. In the middle of a lockdown, your purpose is still to make a difference. In the middle of confusion around us, our purpose is still to make a difference. In the middle of irritation with your pastor, maybe, Your purpose is still to make a difference. In the middle of a culture that's becoming more and more godless at a rapid rate, your purpose is still to make a difference. Everything's going to look different, but we're still to make a difference. 
Not just to make a dollar, not just to make a name for myself, not just to get that job, not just to get a bigger house, not just to do everything I can to avoid discomfort. Jesus is talking about anyone that follows him and he says this, as you sent me, he's saying this to the Father, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. You, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a sent one to make a difference, just like Jesus. And then he, then Jesus died. He said that to his disciples. He died, buried, rose again. And then he says something to his disciples. They're saying, what's next? And you're going to heaven. What's next? And here's what Jesus says to them. And then we're going to go in. Acts 1 and 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, it didn't end at Easter. It was just the beginning, and your story didn't end when you came to know Jesus. It was just the beginning of what God wants to do. He wants to use you because your purpose in life is to make a difference. You're not a victim of your past. You're not a prisoner of your present. You are moving into the future that God has for you, that you get to join with God in seeing the world be different and better and more transformed because Jesus is inside of you. The first place that I start, because you might say, how can I do this, Pastor? First place that I would start is this. Scripture gives us a clue is this. I will make a difference in my world. That's like Jerusalem. The disciples were right there. And he's saying, the first place to start is right where you are. Not some other place. Notice I didn't say the first place you make a difference is be a pastor or be a, an evangelist or go start a church or be a missionary in, in Tuktayuktuk. Even that would be a great thing. But the first place we start is right where we are. Notice what it, this, this uh, verse there says. We'll get to it in a moment, but know that whatever your age, whether you're a student or a senior, whether you're in university or you are retired, that God still has a place for you right where you are. Maybe you're a college student and working two jobs right now. Make a difference right there. Maybe you're a retired person and you're like, I don't, I haven't seen anybody for a long time because of this pandemic. Maybe make a difference and pick up a phone and start to call people just like you and say, hey, God is still for you. I'm praying for you. How can I encourage you today? Can I help you today? Maybe you're working and two jobs to get by right now. Ask Jesus to help you make a difference right there. Maybe you're a business owner on the run and on the go all the time. Ask Jesus to help you make a difference right there. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom with little children. You're making a difference right there. But pastor, it's COVID. What can I actually really do? You know, instead of focusing on what we can't do, because we all know, it's easy to vent about that. But instead of focusing on what I can't do, start to act on what I can do. Shake off the frustration. Pray it off if you've got to. We've all got to let go of some irritation. Stop waiting and start living with what God's vision is for you. However it needs to look in this season. Proclamation is the first and easiest. Everybody's got a voice. And let me tell you, social media has given everybody a voice. And some of them I don't want to hear. So how about this? Mark 5 and 19, go home to your family and friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. What if this, 
I haven't met anyone that doesn't need some encouragement right now. Nobody has ever said, enough with the encouragement. I've got enough. Sometimes one of the greatest things you can do is simply to be a voice to say that God sees you, I believe in you, and I'm praying for you. Or you put on your Facebook wall, I'm so grateful that God has provided for us in this season. I don't know what we would have done without Jesus. And we start to simply tell the story of what God is doing, what he has done in the past, and why he's still good today in the middle of it all. I become a proclaimer of what Jesus is and has and will do. Proclamation and demonstration. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Wow. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. You say like there's so much need though, Pastor. Andy Stanley, pastor in America, says this, and it's so, what a great thought. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You can't help everybody, but all of us can help one. And think about it. If the four or 500 people that are part of Horizon Church, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, if you just made a decision that I'm going to help one person, that's going to make a difference. That's going to make a difference for sure in their life, but it's going to make a difference in the world because that's the kingdom of culture advancing. I'm going to show love. I'm going to show kindness. I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to be a burden breaker. I'm going to be a load lifter. I'm going to be one that comes alongside. Who could you encourage? Because that kind of a culture stands in stark contrast to what's our world talking about right now. And we have an opportunity to model the Jesus way. Proclamation and demonstration. I will not settle for drifting when I'm called to make a difference. I will not settle for making a living when I'm called to make a difference. You can go on one side and just drift away into your own thing, or you might be on the other side, hyper-focused on making a living and advancing. Either one, I'm not going to settle for them when I'm called to make a difference. Make a difference in your world, but also make a difference beyond your world. And it talks about Judea and Samaria. That's another region and also cross-culturally. So we're in another region in Princeton right now. We're reaching into uh, people in Saskatchewan. I think I saw somebody on this morning in Vanderhoof. Saw people on this morning in Africa. So we're called to make a difference in our world. And it's not just a church thing. It's a you thing and it's a me thing. And I, I love what this verse says in 1 Corinthians 9. Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him. Why? so that he will let me tell him about Christ, that's Jesus, and let Christ save him. What a powerful thought. I will try to find common ground with him. We're in a world that tries to find something wrong with what somebody else is saying, something wrong with what their perspective on politics is, something wrong with what their perspective on the end time is, something wrong, and we try to find what's wrong instead of looking, how can I find a bridge to get to that person? Because I'm going to look for what I can agree with them on so that what the higher call, the higher purpose of making a difference that's going to affect their eternity, that I'm going to lay aside my preference. I'm going to lay aside my political viewpoint. I'm going to lay aside what I think about things so that I can reach them for Jesus. Because we're supposed to find common ground. 
because of God's great love for people and our mandate to love people. Our mandate is still to speak up for the unborn. Our mandate is to stand for racial justice. Our mandate is to reach out for the, to those in prison. Our mandate is to reach across cultural divides. And it takes intentionality to go across the comfort zones to find that common ground. It takes humility to find common ground. It takes a, a someone that's willing to lay aside what is important to them to what's important for what's important to God. It might mean getting to know the names of my neighbors and simply committing to pray for them daily, getting outside of my little bubble of me and, and mine and, and the chosen frozen. It might mean one day being hospitable again and inviting a coworker over for dinner. It might mean offering to do some yard work or washing the window of an elderly person who hasn't been able to get out. Galatians 6 and 2 says, stoop down and reach out to those who were oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete the, the mandate or Christ's law. Our mandate is not to judge people when they're down. Our mandate is to be like Jesus. Hey, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. There's hope for your life. There's a way forward in your life. I'm coming alongside you. I'm going to help you lift you up. I'm going to help put you on the path. I'm going to proclaim the goodness of God to you. I'm going to proclaim the love of Jesus for you. Remind people of the goodness and the grace of God. Remind them of his great love. Remind yourself that there is more for you and more for them. Simple things like maybe putting in your budget a $20 amount every week where you keep it in your glove box and you're waiting for the moment or in your wallet and it, it's not getting spent on anything else until the Holy Spirit says this, buy that for them or send it to them. What if you, what if you planned to reach beyond your world? It might mean delivering some meals for our adoptive school, which we're, we're so privileged to do. We're helping 27 families every weekend be fed in our city right now because of your generosity. And if you haven't been able to give to that, you can go to, to Horizon Fam, click on give and help be a part of that. We're going to reach beyond. It might be serving at a street ministry or a food bank or a crisis pregnancy center, wherever you are. For someone else, it might be a, mean being a volunteer to help a new immigrant learn English. We just, we're attentive and opening our eyes and asking Jesus to show us how to bust out of our box beyond our world. I will not settle for drifting when I'm called to make a difference. I will not settle for making a living when I'm called to make a difference. Not only supposed to make a difference in my world, not only supposed to make a difference beyond my world, I'm called to make a difference to the whole world, and so are you. The whole world. Jesus didn't just say, hey, I hope you guys can take care of Jerusalem. He said Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. That there is nobody that's too far, that there's nobody that's too far gone for God. There's no place that God doesn't see that he doesn't love. Make a difference in the whole world. Mark 16 and 15 says this, Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. The uttermost parts of the world. Princeton, we see you. God sees you. Vanderhoof, God sees you. Nigeria, God sees you. The United Kingdom, God sees you. There's no one that's too far gone. There's no place that God has passed over on. He have, so we have to have a vision for the world, have a vision for God using us, not just in our part of our, our own little world, which is important, not just in our region, but also globally. Maybe if for you, it might mean investing your time on a missions trip or 
simply doing this, which is so incredibly powerful, praying for another nation and saying, God, who would you have me to pray for? What nation would you have me to pray for right now? Maybe it means investing your talent and very strategically, if you're a university person saying, how would God use this vocation that I'm going in to make a difference. Maybe I'll be a lawyer that helps to set people that are caught in slavery free. Maybe I'll be a doctor that every year I dedicate some of my time and my finances to going into a place where there's no health care and helping out. Maybe it means I'll, I'll be a teacher and I'll, I'll take a year of my life and give it into another nation. Who knows what God would do? Maybe it means for some of us, we're not going to go but we're going to help somebody else go. We're going to plan to give to help around the world, whether it's $5 or it's a businessman just unloading a truckload of money to help the gospel go out, to help the good news of Jesus to go out, to help people to be fed, to help people to be educated. Who knows what God would do when we invest and say, God, will you use me to make a difference in the world? That's why we have work in Nigeria and Ghana and Kenya and Uganda to help widows, to help orphans, to help the disabled, to help come alongside incredible leaders in those nations. Thank you to the Anyawus who are, I think we're watching this morning. That uh, Thank you to Charles and thank you to the Maguanyas and thank you to Mama Nancy. And this year we are just starting to be a part of planting a hundred churches in Thailand that you could be a part of. Even right now, $300, maybe your family will say, I want to help plant one church. That's your part. If you give $300, wow, that you could right now make a difference. This year, we're planning to see wonderfully, amazingly, 33 churches planted in, in the rural parts of Thailand. God keeps the books. He sees the sacrifices that so many of you are make, making and have made. And he's calling out to every one of us to not just let us live a moment, but to say, God, the purpose of my life is to make a difference. There's a vision that leads me. There's a vision that guides my future. There's a vision that's guiding my decision. There's a vision that's guarding our budget. There's a vision that's leading our marriage. There's a vision in every space, God, that the purpose of my life is to make a difference. And God, help me to see See today how you can do that. Help me to see today. Help me to hear today. Help me to move, not just in looking around what I can do, but start to lift up my head, shake it off, and begin to say, what could God do in me? What could God do through me? What could God do in the world? Because my purpose is to make a difference. I will not settle for drifting when I'm called to make a difference. And I will not settle for making a living when I'm called to make a difference. How can I make a difference in my world? How can you make a difference in your world? And here's your takeaway. All I simply want you to do is to pray and ask and listen. Jesus, how can I make a difference in my world, in my family, in the people that I already know? How could I make a difference this week? Maybe it's just in one person's life that you've been thinking about and maybe they haven't called you and you're wondering why they haven't called you. Maybe you're meant to pick up the phone or get on FaceTime or send them an email or a text and just say, hey, I was thinking of you. I want to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for you? How can I make a difference in my world? How can I make a difference beyond my world? Around knowing my neighbor's name. Praying for my neighbor across in the complex. You know that one? Yeah, that one. How can I make a difference in the whole world? Wow. 
with my time, my talent, my treasure that God's given me? How can I make a difference? Because the purpose of my life is to make a difference. I do not want to settle. I don't want to settle for making a living when I'm called to make a difference. I don't want to settle for drifting when I'm called to make a difference. So I want to invite you to ask those three questions. How can I make a difference in my world? How can I make a difference in the world beyond me? And how can I make a difference in the whole world? And But the first part of that, like I said, starts with Jesus. And maybe you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. And you're missing out on the great, grand design and plan that God has for your life. And if if you're not sure if you're right with God, I just simply want to invite you. Seven little words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And start a journey that's going to change your life. And through you, God's going to change the world around you. So if that's you this morning, let someone know on our chat or DM us or or, or, uh, message prayer at horizonchurch.ca and let us know because God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God sees you. God hears you. He sees your heart. And you are transferred from death to life and you begin a journey of knowing God, of finding freedom, of knowing your purpose and making a difference because that's what God's called you. That's what your purpose is to make a difference. So be praying. I'm going to be praying for you church this week as you ask God and allow him to not to, to lead us into making a difference in our world, beyond our world and in the whole world. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.